God, we love you, and we are just so grateful to, to be in your presence, so grateful to be in this place where we can come and we can worship, where we can uh, lift our voices to you without fear of persecution, we can open up the word with, uh, with joy this morning, God, that we want to hear from you. And so, God, we just, we pray this morning that you would meet here and continue to meet here with us. God, would you continue to open up our minds, open up our hearts to hear a word from you today. God, would you speak through me this morning? Would the words that are coming out of my mouth not be my words, but they be your words for your people on your day, God? God, we all come to hear from you this morning. God, would you just just meet here with us this morning? We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We... I'm excited about today. We're in part three. We're in week two of part three of, <laughs> of our More Than a Feeling series. Uh, I, this is a long series, I know, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been, it's actually, I think, week, uh, let's see, 18 of this series, uh, talking through uh, just a lot of different things about our belief system. What do we believe? The first eight weeks, part one, we were talking about what we believe. Uh, part two is the second eight weeks talking about what do we do if we believe that, then what do we do? And now for these, this third part, we're going to be really diving into who are we becoming? What are some of the characteristics? What are some of the virtues that we should have as people who believe these things and practice these things? What, what do our lives, what are we becoming? That's kind of the question over these last, this last part. What are we becoming? What are some of the characteristics and virtues that you and I should have as followers of Christ if part one and part two are true. If we believe what we believe in part one and if we are practicing what God is calling us to practice, who are we becoming? So last week we, uh, we started this series really with the foundation, in my mind, of, of how, how we become the people that God is wanting us to become. Uh, and we do that through, as we talked about Romans 12 last week, through being transformed by the renewing of our mind. I think this really is the foundation of where we're going to go over the next you know, month and a half or so. We're going to be talking about what a, what, a, what a transformed life looks like. And a lot of what we're going to be talking about does not make sense until we are, are being renewed in our minds, until the Holy Spirit is moving in our minds and changing the way that we think about things, changing the way that, uh, that we deal with things. There's... Uh, the mind is the foundation for what we're going to be talking about here in part three. Last week, I alluded to this, uh, this verse in Hebrews chapter 12. If you want to turn there with me, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, if you're in your pew Bibles on page 1041. Uh, but Hebrews chapter 12, uh, I alluded to this, this piece last week about how do we, how do we renew our minds? How do, we, how do we do this? How do we... How are we becoming transformed by the renewing of our minds through the power of the Holy Spirit as we fix our eyes on Jesus? This is the the phrase that I used last week, fix our eyes on Jesus. It comes straight from this passage in Hebrews chapter 12 uh, and verse 1. Sorry, verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, some say author and perfecter of our faith. I want to actually go back to this uh, this passage this week and talk about another virtue that we have as Christ followers, as people who, who believe what we say we believe, the virtue, the characteristics that we, that we need to have in our life. It's perseverance. I want to talk about perseverance this week 
Uh, and, I, and to do that, I want to just, just run through this passage uh, yet again. Last week we talked about verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the author, the perfecter of our faith. I want to start, though, at verse 1. Because as we fix our eyes on Jesus, there is a very specific thing that begins to happen in our lives that this passage talks about. So, let's just start at verse 1. And if you've, if you've read ahead, you know we're not going to make it very far. Because the very first word is, therefore... Uh, and you know how I like to do with these therefores. When there's a therefore, we've got to ask the question, what's the therefore? No one's still. Come on, I've done this all the time. What is the therefore? Therefore, we've got to look backwards, right? Luckily, this passage gives us a little bit of a hint. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, right, it gives us this hint on what this therefore is therefore. Uh, and actually, the, the chapter right before this, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11 has a very kind of a it's an interesting name that we've given it right we call it the hall of faith uh, uh, at least that's what I've heard it called maybe you've heard it called that as well uh, the NIV Bible I love the heading that it puts on chapter 11 faith in action uh, we're, we're this chapter 11 basically it just talks through all of these people uh, that these people that uh, that are being written to here, uh, the Hebrews, uh, that they would have known from the Hebrew scripture. People like Noah, people like Abraham, people like Jacob and Isaac, people like Moses. And then he, he just keeps on going. Look at all of these people. Look at all the things that they did in their faith. Look at all of the, the great things that these people have done. Look at their faith. Look at their faith. And then he he, he keeps going here. I want to read just a little bit of it. In chapter 11, starting at verse 32, he says this, And what more shall I say? Right, I've talked about Abraham and Noah and all these people. What more shall I say? I don't even have time to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edges of the sword whose weaknesses was turned into strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies women received back their dead raised to life again there were others who were tortured refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment they were put to death by stoning they were sawed in two they were killed by the sword they went about in sheepskins and goatskins destitute persecuted and mistreated the world was not worthy of them they wandered in deserts and mountains living in caves and in holes in the ground and i want just this verse in verse 39 i want you to just to hear this as kind of the the precursor to what we're reading today these were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised since god had planned something better for us that only together with us would be made perfect just, just understand what this passage is, is saying here. Look at all of these people. Look at all of the things that they have done because of their faith. Not, now, this is not just a, like a hype chapter on all of the Old Testament guys. Look at all these guys have done. It is purely because of their faith in God. Look at what they were able to do. And then verse 39 just kind of is the bump, right? The, even, even these people, these were all commended for their faith. But none of them received the promise. None of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, 
since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endeared such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Run the race with perseverance. Fix your eyes on Jesus so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Do you hear what this author is saying here? He's saying, look, you need to persevere. You need to persevere. Let's run with, with perseverance. Now, some translations say patience. Some say endurance. This is, a, this is really a, a common kind of encouragement for believers in the New Testament. In fact, 32 times this, this word that is used here in this passage uh, is used. In fact, just, there's a couple. Just If you just turn the page one time uh, to James chapter 1, uh, James chapter 1, verse 1, or sorry, James chapter 1, verse 3, uh, talks about this perseverance that we're to have. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, James is calling us perseverance is the key here. We need to be people who persevere. In verse 3, it says, consider Jesus so you don't grow weary and lose heart. Now, this, this perseverance is not something that just comes natural to us as human beings. Right, this, uh, this is not something uh, we like to, if things aren't going our way or if things are getting hard, oftentimes we, we just stop pushing. We don't continue on. We don't persevere. We, want to, uh, we have this thought inside of us that says, maybe we should just be done. Maybe God isn't listening. Maybe God isn't hearing your prayers. Maybe God just really doesn't care about what you're praying about. Maybe all of this. And so we just begin to to lose heart. We begin to grow weary. This perseverance, I think, requires this renewed mind that we were talking about last week. This perseverance is not a, not a, a normal kind of just stick to as we would say. This is a, a perseverance that just goes beyond, a perseverance that sticks to it out of faith. Now, this passage in Hebrews, he's not just saying, out of nowhere, persevere. He's, he's just shown us all of these people in Scripture, in the Old Testament, who, who had the kind of faith that we need to be pushing towards and who persevered through all kinds of stuff. I mean, think about Noah. Noah. I'm in a dead spot. Noah. <laughs> think about Noah and just what he had to do. Can you imagine being the guy who is building this giant boat in the middle of a drought. Can you imagine the, the jeers and just the people just, man, what are you doing, Noah? Just, you know, he persevered because he had faith that God was who he says he was, that he would do the things that he says he would do. Right? Think about Abraham <laughs> walking Isaac up the mountain to sacrifice him because God has said, I'm going to do this. Think about the faith that is, that is there in that moment. I like to think about the walk back down the hill. What was Isaac saying to his dad? 
Uh, you, you almost killed me. What was going on here? But here's, here's, what, here's what Abraham had to be prepared for. Abraham knew that this is what God is calling him to do. And we read in Hebrews chapter 11 that Abraham reasoned that God could even raise him back from the dead. And so he knew that even if he killed him, that God could raise him back from the dead. Because through Isaac was the promise that was given to Abraham. But can you imagine Abraham having to walk back down the hill after sacrificing Isaac? Going to, to tell his wife what had happened. Going to tell his people what had happened. And where everyone knows, through Jacob, this promise is coming. There's a, there's a, a willingness to persevere here, even in Abraham. Right? Even in, in, in each of these people in this, in this chapter, there's a, a willingness to persevere because of the fact that they believe that God is who he says he is. He'll do the things he says he does. Now, we can, we can persevere, but it happens out of this renewed mind that we talked about last week. As I was thinking about how to, how to approach this, this characteristic of perseverance this week, I just began to think and to began to pray about which, which direction to take this. And I really felt like God was saying you need to talk about perseverance and prayer. Perseverance and prayer. There are some of us who have been praying for things for years and years and years. Some of us have been praying for, for healing or miracles. Some of us have been praying for a broken relationship. Some of us have been praying for work. Some of us have been praying for, for all kinds of different things for years and for years and for years. We're praying for loved ones to come to faith, for breakthroughs from depression or for relational breakthroughs or for physical uh, miracles. And if that's you and you've been praying for a really long time about a very specific thing, I think God has something to say to you and to all of us this morning about persevering through prayer. This, this perseverance that needs to be a characteristic of our life. And I want to talk about this, and I want to use a, a passage in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. So if you want to go there with me, Daniel chapter 10, uh, if you're in our pew Bibles on page 769, uh, Daniel 10, and, and, and just as you turn there, just a little bit of background on what's happening here in Daniel chapter 10. Uh, in Daniel chapter 10, uh, we, we hear about Daniel, and Daniel at this point uh, is probably in his late 80s, early 90s. He's probably around the age of 90. Uh, it, and he has been, uh, I mean, just for, for decades, he has been persevering in prayer. Remember how the book of Daniel starts. In Daniel chapter 1, uh, King Neb, King Nebuchadnezzar, I like to call him King Neb, because uh, Nebuchadnezzar is harder to say. Uh, so King Neb, King <laughs> King, I'll just say the whole thing. King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he goes into Jerusalem and just basically he destroys the temple, wants to destroy the city. He wants to wipe out the, the whole, he wants to wipe out this whole people group, right? He, he is so angry and so he just really doesn't like this people group. So he wants to wipe all of them out. And he doesn't just want to wipe them away for now. He wants to wipe away their history. He wants to wipe away their future. And so he takes four, four boys, four teenage boys. One of them is Daniel. The other three is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who you also read about in Daniel, Daniel chapter 3. Uh, and he takes these four boys, and he begins to just teach them. 
teach them about the Babylonian culture, the Babylonian language, the Babylonian kind of history, and where the Babylonians are planning to go. He's, he's basically trying to just assimilate these teenage boys into the Babylonian culture and make them so they are, they are Babylonian. And then they can lead their people, who also came, in the Babylonian way. So there would, in effect, be no more way of old. He's trying to basically just wipe them off of the planet for good. So Daniel, as a teenager, is taken away. He's put in King Nebuchadnezzar's service, and he just begins to do all kinds of, of, of just amazing things through the power of God. We won't go through all of those today. I think uh, we know the Sunday school story, Daniel in the lion's den. We know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know that story. Uh, but, I mean, all throughout this, you can imagine Daniel and these boys and really the whole people are, are praying for reconciliation. They're praying for, for their temple to be rebuilt, for their city to be restored, that God would, would place them back where they are supposed to be. God would bring them out of exile. And so Daniel here now is in his late 80s, early 90s, around 90-ish. And he has been praying, assuming this whole time, he's been praying for for Jerusalem to be restored. And in chapter 9, we have this this prayer and this this vision that Daniel gets that that Daniel can kind of see it in the future. It's right there. It's, it's going to happen. Jerusalem is going to be restored. His people are going to be freed. But it might not happen in his own life. And so we get to Daniel chapter 10. And in Daniel chapter 10, starting at verse 1, we'll, just, we'll read and then we'll unpack as we go here. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel who was called Belshazzar. That's from chapter 1. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I had no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, As I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face was like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it. But such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. I want to just stop right here, because this is the beginning of, just, it just sounds like the beginning of an amazing story. I think there's a couple of things here. I think this description of this angel that Daniel is talking about here is very similar to the same description of the angels in Revelation chapter 19. It's, it's almost identical here, these, these descriptions of this angel. And I find it really interesting that only Daniel was able to see this vision. None of the people that were around him, he says, no one around me was there. No one, no one around me saw it. They all hid, though, because they were scared. I find it interesting that only Daniel was able to see this. And it just, it just reminds me of just sometimes how God works, right? Sometimes God is, God will, maybe you've been here before. You've read this verse like 
15 million times. And then this, then this one time you read it, God just opens your eyes and you see it in a brand new way and you just want to go tell everybody about what God showed you through this verse. And so you go and you tell all your friends about what God showed you through this verse and they're just like, yeah, just, that's great. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but you're just so fired up about this, this, this thing that God has shown you through Scripture. I think it's really interesting just the... The, the personal nature that God speaks to people. Now, there may be some other reasons why, why none of the people around Daniel saw this, but I think that's just what it reminded me of, and that's just how great is God. That's really all I want to say there. How, how awesome is God that God does that sort of a thing? Yeah, I think, yeah, anyways, we'll keep going. Verse 8, uh, then I heard him speaking. And as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of Persia, the prince of the Persian kingdom, resisted me 21 days. Now, this is interesting. How many days was Daniel fasting? 21 days. Resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips and, opened, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. I want to stop right here, because the rest of this vision gets into a lot of end times stuff that I don't really want to go into today, because it's not the point. I want to just think together about Daniel. And the persistence that happens in Daniel's prayers. Now, Daniel is, at this point, older than anyone in this room. He's been praying for decades. He has been just going to God. We read in, in uh, I think, chapter 6 in Daniel and the Lion's Den, that there was a decree that no one who prays to anybody but, but the king would, would go into the lion's den. And it says, Daniel, just as he had done before, went to his room and he opened the window and he bowed to pray. Just as he had done before. Daniel, from, from a young age, had decided that he was going to be a person who prayed and who prayed constantly. Prayed three times a day. Now, these, these prayers, there's, I think as we, as we look in this passage that we just read, I think there's some things to, to glean from Daniel's life and to even just glean from this experience that Daniel has with this angel. Now, this angel is coming to Daniel in response to Daniel's prayers, Daniel's long-time prayers. 
Right, and there's just a, there's, there's a few things that I just want to highlight here that should give us some hope this morning as we continue to pray, as we persevere in praying for the things that we've been praying for for years and years and years, maybe decades, some of us. I, I want us just to have some hope. Here's, here's the first thing this morning to remember as we persevere. Ready for this? God cares about you more than you realize. God cares about you more than you realize. Now, just even in this, in this passage, Daniel's interaction with this angel, now there's, there's a couple phrases here. It says that, that first of all, just the hand, of, the hand reaches out and touches him. And this hand is not reaching out to condemn, it's reaching out to lift him up. And in the very next verse, it says, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. Now, this... This, this really is this, the, <laughs> what he's trying to say here, what the actual language says here is, you who are precious to God. You who are precious to God. You are, Daniel, you are loved by God. Now, I think sometimes we need to just continually remind ourselves of this. Right? We are loved by God, even when it doesn't feel like it. Because we can be praying for things over and over and over again. And sometimes it just feels like, God, don't you care about what I'm praying about? Don't you care? Like, I, I understand you love me, God, but I, under, I don't understand why you won't do this, why you won't do that. I don't understand what's going on in my life. Or I don't understand where you are in this moment. But even in those moments, even when we need to persevere and push through, we need to constantly remind ourselves that you and I are loved by God. This line, you who are precious to God, this could be said to each and every one of us, and it is in this book. You who are precious to God. We need to just remind us, remind ourselves of this. Even Romans chapter 8, what can separate us from the love of God? And the, the, the point is nothing. There is nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God. You are loved by God, even when it doesn't feel like it. Here's the, here's the next thing we need to constantly remind ourselves is, is God is doing more than we understand. God is doing more than we understand. If you go back to verse 12, it says, Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. Since the very first day that you prayed, I heard you. The very first day, the very first time that you humbled yourself, the very first time that you put your focus on this, the very first time that you prayed, I heard you. Some of us feel like we've been praying for this for years and for years and years and I'm pretty sure I got about a million prayers stuck up there in the rafters because God has not heard a single one of these. If he had, he would have done something. Since the very first time that you prayed, you were heard. I think that is just a, a powerful reminder that we need to just make to ourselves. But even after this, it not only was his prayer heard, there was something going on in the background here. Right, the, he even says the, the, uh, the prince of 
Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief uh, princes, came to help me because I was detained there. Now I have come to explain to you. So this, this angel has been coming to Daniel. He's been fighting. Remember, this reminds me of this scripture that we don't wage war as the world does. Our, our war is not against the, the principal. <laughs> our war is in the heavenlies. We don't do battle as people do. This just reminds me of that. Even as we are praying, there's stuff going on in the background. God is moving in the background, even though it feels like he might not be, even though it feels like he hasn't even heard you yet. There are things going on in the background that will all come to fruition one day. And let me just be honest with you here. The answer to your prayers is not always yes. The answer to your prayers is not always what we expect it to be. The answer to our prayers, though, always comes. Now, that's an interesting phrase there. Because think about this. We're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're lifting this thing up to God, we're lifting it up consistently, persistently, we're persevering, even though it just feels like, man, God, you're just not hearing me. Chances are there's something going on in the background that you don't even see. And the answer to your prayer might not even come while you're alive. In fact, that's what Daniel's seeing in this vision. But it will always come. Because God is faithful. God hears you. And God is moving on your behalf. These are true statements. Now, God, we, we don't always understand what God is doing, but there is more. God is doing more than we understand. That's something else we need to remind us, remind ourselves. See, Daniel prayed, and he saw nothing, but God was still doing something. From the very first time that you prayed, I heard you. Just remember this. You are loved by God, and from the very first time that you prayed this thing, you were heard. Whatever this thing you're praying for is, you are heard heard. God understands. God knows what you are praying for. We need to persevere through this. And here's the last thing that we need to remember. Not only are we loved by God, not only did God hear what we are praying for, even in times where, where we just feel like, man, I cannot do this anymore, our strength comes from God. Amen. The strength to persevere through the times in which we feel like we just can't anymore, that strength comes from God. See, Daniel, even in the backside of this, of this passage, he's saying, look, I, I'm just so weak. I, I'm overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I feel very weak. How can I even talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Have you ever felt like that? You just go, you've just been praying for this thing. You just feel like, man, God, where are you in all of this? Where, what are you doing in all of this? I just feel so weak right now, God. I just feel like, like I just can't do this anymore. I'm at the end of my rope. I just don't understand why. I don't, I don't even know how to pray anymore. Have you ever said that? I don't even know how to pray anymore. I don't even know how to pray about this anymore, God, because I just don't understand what's going on. I don't understand where you are. I just feel weak. I just feel like I'm done. I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. Our strength comes from God. Here's, here's this passage, even after he says this. He says, how can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. And again, the one who looked like a man, which usually in Scripture 
his allusion to Jesus. Touches his lips. It just touched him. Sorry, I'm thinking of a different story. It touches me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed. Don't be afraid, you are loved by God. Peace. Be strong now, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened, and I said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. Our strength comes from the Lord. This, this kind of perseverance that we're talking about, this perseverance that should be part of our DNA as a Christian, this, this perseverance that should be part of our lives as a follower of Christ is not, like I was saying earlier, it's not this natural kind of perseverance, this stick to itiveness. It's something more than that. It's strength that comes directly from God. Now, through the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, we are strengthened. We are emboldened. The Holy Spirit does not come to give us a, a, a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, a spirit of strength. We are strengthened by the Spirit. God gives us the strength that we need to continue to push, to continue to persevere, whether it be in our prayers, whether it be in anything else that we're going through in our lives. God will give us the strength to get through. You know, I think about just... There's all kinds of stories in Scripture that kind of just, just get this point across. You know, I think, uh, you know, the one in uh, the Gospels where the disciples are in the lake, and uh, there's a storm in the lake. They're afraid for their lives. They're sitting in the middle of the lake. The storm comes. Jesus is sleeping in the boat. They come, and they, they wake him up, and they say, Jesus. And their exact phrase is, don't you care if we drown? <laughs> and I can just imagine Jesus waking up and be like, do I care? Like, yeah, what do you, or, what? But the end of the story, it starts, the disciples, they go out into the lake. And at the beginning of the next passage, when they got to where they were going, this happened. Now, there is always going to be storms that we need to go through. What is that, that phrase? You're either uh, going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm, right? That's, that's life. Uh, <clears throat> we will all go through storms. The strength to persevere comes from God. So how do we persevere? I think we need to remind ourselves we are loved by a holy God. And not only are we loved by God, that God is working on our behalf in the background, even though we may not see it. And even when it feels like we just can't do it anymore, God will give us the strength to keep pushing. You and I are called to persevere, to keep pushing, to keep moving, to keep chasing after what God has for us to keep praying for that thing that we've been praying for over and over and over again, to keep, just keep pushing. Your prayer will be answered. We will get to the other side of the lake through the power of God. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the strength that you give us day after day to persevere, to keep pushing, even when it feels like 
just can't do this anymore. God, I just pray that this kind of perseverance, this perseverance that only comes from you, this, this perseverance would be part of our DNA as your followers. That we would be people who, who keep pushing, people who persevere, people who never lose hope, never lose faith, people who continue to pray for it over and over and over again in faith, knowing that you will answer this prayer. God, this week I pray that as we go forward that you would, uh, you would help us to persevere. Whether we are in a storm or coming out of a storm or going into a storm, whatever stage of life we are in, God, I just pray that you would help us to persevere. Help us to remain strong. Help us to keep pushing. And help us to understand that as we push, we only do so the power and the strength that you give us. God, would you go ahead of us this week? Would you be in our workplaces, be in our homes, wherever we may find ourselves, God, would you just give us the words to say that we might make a difference for you wherever we may find ourselves. God, send us out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? And uh, if you're new, we, uh, we do this every week. We just hold our hands out and just receive a blessing from God on the way out. Just, would you just receive this blessing? May our God, God of grace and love and peace, may this God give you the strength that you need this week to persevere through the storm, to persevere in prayer even when it feels like he isn't hearing you. May he remind you that from the very first time that you prayed this prayer, it was heard. And may that embolden you. May it give you the courage that you need to go out and to make a difference for him. May our God give you strength this week. Go in the peace and the grace of him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming.